0: For the youngest driver and the real old pro For a jet to land or a lawn to mow For moving mountains or for stocking geese Wherever wheels are turning No matter what the load The name that's known is Firestone Where the rubber meets the road in Car Guy Radio Show.
1: Adventures clefted, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clefted tires are required. What did you say, Rob? Yes, I said for a high mountain adventure, clefted tires are required. Right? I got my good friend Jerry with me today. We're in higher ground here. Now, I am officially referring to this as Thanksgiving Abel. I know you're wondering why I would call it Thanksgiving Abel.
2: Yeah, I was. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: Well, the day before Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving Eve, right? After Eve, Cain, Cain, and Abel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We need to get on that higher ground right now. It's getting deep, I tell you.
1: (laughs) So let's see if we can get there. Anyway, off-road vehicles and off-road tires scream adventure. Our hearts long for high mountain adventure. I mean, we were made for it. Our vehicles can get you there in the physical but it takes traction it takes ground clearance it takes four-wheel drive a narrow short wheelbase to navigate narrow roads and switch back turns and balance is critical i mean not too top heavy and as the son of a jeep dealer you know i've (laughs) when i was a kid you know we had a cj2a and when I lived in New Mexico, I mean that's a pretty cool place to be the son of a Jeep dealer. <laughs> and a CJ two had some things that even a CJ five didn't have in the way of being able to navigate the high mountain roads. You know, we would go off into the wilderness and those kind of things. And a CJ two was even more narrow and more and had a shorter wheelbase than the CJ five and it had a flathead four cylinder engine that just idled and and it would and it had these little narrow tires too if you if you ever looked at one you know it didn't have the big wide tires of today and, and from a standpoint of going up those switchback turns and going up in those mountains cuz those roads were not wide jerry and sometimes there would be two big rocks on either <laughs> side <laughs> so You know, these things, these things in my mind, they, they're pointing to spiritual things in a way. And we're going (laughs) to, we're going to get to all that, but we got to talk about tires. We're going to talk about tires today in the third third segment, we have a new episode. Oh, it's so, I mean, the acting in this episode just kind of blew me away. It is river rock retaliation part two and the demons are going wild, but then, oh, you wait till you see what happens. I mean, it's it's truly going to be exciting. It's going to be in the third segment because it's kind of a long Christian Car Guy theater, and I needed that segment. So we're going to do these two segments of Clefted Tires Required for High Mountain Adventure, and then we're going to play Christian Car Guy theater, and then we're going to come back, Jerry, with a little more on that concept. So... We, as always, want to mention that all this is at ChristianCarGuy.com. All this about clefted tires required. All this about tires. And as well as, of course, the Christian Car Guy Theater episode. By the way, we have something we've never had before, Jerry. We now have the Christmas Parade <laughs> calendar. <laughs> I, I saw that, yeah. So not only do we have the car show calendar for December and that kind of stuff coming up, but we have the Christmas Parade calendar. So if you want to take your classic car, if you happen to be in North Carolina, I haven't gotten any Christmas parades from any other part of the country, but we have a pretty extensive Christmas parade um, issue. So if you guys have one and you're out there in Washington or California or New York, by all means, send it to us. We'll get it posted there at the Christmas parade calendar at ChristianCarGuy.com.
2: I tell you, it's hard to believe where, man, we are almost into December, almost into the Christmas season. well, we are in the parade season, so, man, this year has flown.
1: Well, as far as clefted tires are required for a high mountain adventure, you may realize that a, that a sheep has a cleft-type hoof, which means there's a big space between the two pieces of the hoof. If you picture a sheep's hoof now for a minute and think, now that's an interesting thing, why does it get such great traction that it can go up in the mountains where you know, it can run away from a cougar that's chasing it? I mean, it can go places that few and and of course, you know, David asked for that, but I don't know if you've ever thought about it. And this is very practical. Why is it that that particular hoof gets such amazing balance? Why does it get such ability to stand on rocks? Well, part of it is that it's really narrow. And you just think if you're going to go stand on a ledge somewhere, you don't want a great big wide (laughs) (laughs) foot, right? You want something that would get traction and go from side to side. So, I once wrote an article, and I think you'll get into this, it was called, our tires are a report card on the health of our car. Um, you know, it has to do with your alignment, it has to do with your balance, right, how well are the car is aligned, and Jerry, you know all too well that if car isn't straight, what happens to the tires,
2: I tell you what; those tires don't last long, and they eat out. That you have clefted tires; that are different,
1: <laughs> <laughs> different kind of cleft. Yeah, well, they yeah. go, they go bald, so yeah. there is no clefting. So if you're out there in the rain, you're going to hydroplane all over the place, or in the snow, even worse. Or if you want to go on a high mountain adventure and expect any traction in the gravel, you got to have a big, deep cleft.
2: Yeah, I wonder. In your you tire. know, it makes you wonder just how many accidents are really contributed back to poor tire wear.
1: Yeah, alignment. Yeah, and. You know, it's an interesting thing. I, I was thinking about it this morning. You know, one of the main components in your front suspension is called a control arm. <laughs> <laughs> There's no biblical reference to that. A control arm. You know, the alignment's a big thing. Balance, you know, how well those tires are balanced. Well, how how balanced is your life, right? If you're like me, I, I went out of balance a little bit. Thanksgiving <laughs> ended up with a lot of turkey that got consumed, and you know, I, I I wasn't ready for a high mountain adventure. After that, I was ready for the couch. <laughs> so you got all these things, right? You got balance, you got alignment, it, it, all those things they enter into. It's a report card on the health of your car. Well, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but your feet, to some extent. Our a report card on your health. So we're going to talk a lot about clefted tires, clefted feet, but I I did want to relate a little, one of my favorite stories about clefted tires, happens to be, (laughs) my my son got his driver's license, it was like maybe two weeks. He hadn't been driving long and it rained one day. And he was at work, which at that time was in Moxville. He worked for me washing cars and he had to go to, basketball practice or something and so he took off to go home up highway 158 which you wouldn't know where that is if you're in Washington today but it's just a two-lane road well he had to make a left turn off of 158 and apparently he was hydroplaning and he did not know it and so guess what happened (laughs) (laughs) his jeep went in the ditch now Interestingly, as you could imagine, you're his father and and he's, at this point in time, 16 years old. It's one of my favorite things is when his car went in the ditch, who's the first person he called? His dad, (laughs) right? And I think that's hugely important. (laughs) Because... You know, there's a couple of times this week, my car went into the ditch. And the question is, where's the first call going? (laughs) You you know, when your life goes in the ditch, where's, where's the first call going? And so, yes, his tires didn't have enough cleft to get him around the curve. And often my cleft isn't enough to get me through or my alignment isn't right or all those kind of things. But the first call, you got to appreciate, I'm sure you've had one of those from your daughter.
2: Oh yeah, and you know the the thing you just say about that is, you know, in a situation like that, and sort of in our life too, where who do we call on? You also know that you're gonna, you hope that you're going to get an answer, but also you're going to get comfort. And if you don't get both of those together, you may not be getting that call. If if your child doesn't feel, or, or somebody that close to you, or a spouse, or a family member, aren't calling you, what what's that reason? Even if you have the answer, it's because they don't feel comfortable and knowing that you're going to also give him encouragement to,
1: right, to get through right, it. Right. So we are wondering today, you're out there, you could be driving home on your way back from Thanksgiving, wherever. We would love to hear your story where you ended up in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> now, that may be because you didn't have your tires clefted, or it may be something else. We would love to hear it. 866 348 866 3487884 When did you end up in the ditch cuz you didn't have enough cleft in those feet in your tires We're going to be talking a lot about that and what Leviticus 11 says about clean animals stay tuned
0: For the youngest driver and the real old pro for a jet to land or a lawn to mow for moving mountains or for stocking geese Wherever wheels are turning no matter what the load the name that's known is firestone where the robber meets the road
1: yes today we are talking about clefted tires are required and <laughs> you know In Psalm 18, actually, David said, he makes my feet like those of a deer, and he makes me stand on the heights. Now, we were talking a minute ago about that phone call. Maybe you had a phone call like that from your child at one point in time. And Jerry, I mean, Jerry, Jerry Jerry shared something during the break that really just kind of took my breath, but it spoke to something about, how narrow it is when you are there between the the point of truth and grace, or grace and truth. By which, by the way, grace comes before tr- Jesus was full of grace and truth <laughs> That's what, in John one, right? Grace and truth. That's a it's a razor sharp line that takes a really narrow hoof with it's well clefted in that situation. But share what you shared with me, Jerry.
2: Yeah, in our you know in our business, Ray's body shop and Record service. The record service part of it. We'll have cars towed in and it'll be a young, well, I still say child, but a young adult who's been in an accident and they will ride back in with the truck, the tow truck, and when they get there, they're debating on and really anguishing over calling their parent. And most of the time it's, well, they won't understand and and it's just really, you can just feel the angst because of not wanting to deal with them because they know what's coming. Most of time I'm saying, you know, accidents happen and that's why we're in business and it's no big deal and you're all right. Well, at least fifty percent of the time those kids that are really debating on and really hating the moment of calling their parents, when that parent comes down there, I understand why they hated doing that, because it's not I'm glad you're all right, I'm glad you're not hurt, cars can be fixed, you know, and just and sort of giving them some support and encouragement and comfort. You know, it's just that this is going to cost me. And I've told you, you're probably texting, you're messing with the radio, you was on the phone, and all of this stuff, and it just really just start bombarding them with all the reason why it's their fault and how much money it's going to cost them because of their stupidity. And I just think, you know, how sad that is, is, uh, you know, the responsibility you have as an adult, I mean, and as, as a parent, is to nurture and to love and also teach them the truth but that nu- nurturing and loving and is sometimes that I think we can lose sight of
1: right right and and speaking of nurturing we got to nurture our cars just a little bit and this is way off subject but we don't want to not say it that here we're coming into winter Jerry and the number one tip that you could give people about car care is what you know in the
2: in the you know wintertime and especially if you live in an area that is the roads are salted and a lot of salt put down you know spend a few bucks every couple of weeks going through a car wash that has an undercarriage wash so you get all of that stuff out of there because that that salt and that even this the snow building up in there will get that rust started and once it gets started it can just you know it can rapidly spray right. it and so it's, it's just,
1: rust and it's going to rust right there that's going to lead to what we talked about that it's you know how amazing is it when god looks at our health is kind of like you looking at the health of the control arms and the steering and and that rust is not good on those rubber parts on all the suspension parts neither so. right right so if you're gonna go on that steep path right if you're gonna take that jeep up <laughs> on that mountain i mean you sure in the world don't want to have a control arm that's fixed to rust through or all that stuff but anyway i just would point out to you that traction wasn't exactly firestone's idea <laughs> nor was it michelin's God designed the traction, the type of traction service necessary for all sorts of high mountain adventures and capabilities. And I wish my tires, I'm going to compare tires to a clefted hoof for a second. I wish my tires could apply pressure to the right or the left or the front or the back. Think about that hoof on standing on the cliff, right? It could dig in. If you aim it forward, it can dig in. Right. You can't aim. Your tires are always aiming forward, but it can't back up and put on the brakes. Right. But a hoof. I mean, look at the way it's designed, which, by the way, I have some beautiful pictures of hooves (laughs) at my website on a tire to kind of give you an idea. So I would note that King David being the shepherd that he was. Right. And and believe it or not, I don't know if you know this, but shepherds actually have to clip certain parts of the hooves and they treat the the sheep's hooves because they're not. Those sheep were designed to walk up on high mountain cliffs and all that stuff so that when they're down there in green pastures all the time, their hooves don't do right. And so the, the, the shepherd understood that at a level that we really don't. And so when David said, he makes my feet like those of a deer and makes me stand on the heights, he understands it. It took some care to make your feet that way. And his son Solomon wrote this, because I think the reason that God wants our feet to be able to get to higher ground is what Song Solomon wrote in the Song of Songs chapter 2:14. "This is an amazing pastor. I've thought I an mean, uh, amazing picture I have thought about all week, where this is the beloved talking to his lover. This is Christ talking to his church. It says, "My dove in the clefts of the rock, in a secret path, in a secret place, along the steep path. Let me see your form. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your form is lovely. Now I know every parent out there understands to some extent why they want that first call because that 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 voice is, you know, that that's what you want to hear. But you also don't want. So you got this narrows. You got you got to walk the narrow between the 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 grace and the truth. So how do we get those feet described or cleft hooves, right? Those cleft hooves indicated were clean animals. And Leviticus 11 is all about what's the difference between a clean animal and an unclean animal. And the two things that made an animal clean was that they chewed the cud and they had a cleft hood, hoof. So what was God telling us? What made a clean animal and why was David asking for those feet? Well, in the 23rd Psalm, David says, he makes me. (laughs) <laughs> and lay down in green pastures. And later, his son Solomon wrote in Song of Songs, chapter one, which takes it a, back for, a bit further, where the, the woman is looking for her lover, and he, she says, where do you graze your flocks and make them lay down at noon? Well, the reason why sh- the, the shepherd makes their sheep lay down at noon is so that they will chew their cud. Now, this is a little gross, but you just got to understand it. Sheep have four stomachs. And they have 82 feet of intestines. So they are designed to get all their nutrition out of that high mountain food. But in order to get that nutrition, they've got a number one feed in the morning, and then they got to chew their cud. So we got all this coming up about clean animals. But first, you got Christian Cargai Theater. It's coming up on the third segment. It's 10 minutes long. It's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for that. We're going to come back and chew some cud. And you call us, 866-348-7884. for Christian Cargai Theater, with today's episode, River Rock Retaliation, part two. Previously on River Rock Retaliation, Satan's principality and demon over Colorado, Nagadana has gathered her three strongest demons, Zemia, Nakashi, and Shaddam to bring hell to Mayor Elvira Meriwether, Pastor Jack, and our friends in River Rock. The persecution as a result of the kingdom fruit God blessed him with in his work with Lazarus and photographer Brad. The accuser's files have been examined on FBI agent Kent, Elvira, and Pastor Jack as the serpent's plan is starting to hatch. Nagadonna gleefully examines Elvira's file.
3: Oh, this is most helpful. It says here that Elvira had bought some tiki torch oil. <laughs> that looked identical to her husband's apple juice container, which she accidentally put in the fridge. Oh, ho, ho, great work, Zemia.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Elvira's husband, who already had pneumonia, just took a small taste, and that was all it took. Death came quickly. Elvira's husband dropped the tiki torch oil and dropped dead for all to see. Elvira made an agreement with the lie that her husband's death was all her fault. All her fault, and of course, that gives us our legal right to pour on the guilt and the shame.
3: (laughs) that's spectacular. Oh, no wonder she fears exposure. She thinks she must be punished. If everyone really knew what she did, oh, (laughs) fear. Has to do with punishment, you know. Yes, 1 John 4.18. It's our legal right to torture these fools. Do you remember the verse? Zebia.
4: Oh yes. We know our leader, the father of lies, likes us to know their Bible so we can twist the word and use it against these disgusting humans. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. The one who fears is not perfected
3: in love. Now, let's see Agent Kent's file. You know how these sons of Adam love to judge with their own measure. Who has Agent Kent judged? Oh, I believe I have just the thing, Imperious Commander Negadana. In high school, Agent Kent had a crush on Sue Truesdale. He finally asked her out for a date after being scared to death for years to ask her. And on their date at the drive-in, his old buddy Brian Duncan thought it would be funny to put sneezing powder in their pepper shaker. (laughs) Not only did Agent Kent sneeze his head off, he vomited and passed out. that is so rich, Nakashi. Oh, and I see that Agent Kent has always blamed his sister, Marsha. Oh, what a lie. I love it. Yes, he saw her a few cars over laughing that night and was convinced it was his sister who played that trick. (laughs) And it just so happens that his sister looks and talks like Mayor Elvira Merriweather. Ah, no wonder he was so angry when the mayor talked down to him. His sister Sister Maharsha has always done that to him. You see, that's just the kind of bitter root we need, Nakashi. Unforgiveness. Judgment. Just like lambs to the slaughter. And now last but not least, Shaddam. What do you have on Pastor Jack?
5: Oh, I have despair.
3: (laughs) The ultimate slap
5: in God's face, Nagadana-san. He really doesn't believe God can come through in his son Jeff's life. He avoids discussion about his son like the plague. Oh, oh, I like the plagues. (laughs) His son Jeff is a heroin addict. Opioids, you know, are the rage. (laughs) Secretly. Pastor Jack believed the lie that his son is beyond all hope. And if the church really knew all that went on, he would be dismissed.
3: <laughs> oh, so he's afraid, is he? Oh, hiding, is he? Wearing a mask. Oh, it's just the way we like it. Shadam, begin the unmasking of a good pastor. Plant the thought in his son's mind to call his old friend Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy the Jeep boy. For the money he needs for his habit.
1: (laughs) The Under the Hood gang sees and is aware that the demons are plotting. All of the sudden, in prayer, Anita Intake sees something amazing.
5: Dear, dear Jesus, we need your help. We need your power and your strength. Please, Jesus. Oh,
0: oh, Arriba, Arriba, Fernando, my husband, look up, look up. Do you see them? Oh, Fernando, those who are for us are greater than those against us. Have you ever seen anything more glorious? That's manifold beauty, my husband, Fernando, fuel injector. (laughs) <laughs> Caspita, my little
5: Anita. I have never seen anything like that gigantic one. He's amazing. Colossus, muy grande. If I may check. Plus, so many more are coming. Oh,
4: gracias, tank. Do you think those are many, many warrior angels who are answering our prayers?
3: God is answering, Fernando. We just have a front row seat, and boy, oh boy, I would say we need to keep up the prayers, team. The stakes must be awful high to bring on all this. This is no time to be running on fumes. Time to pray, Frenchy Fender. Oh, mais oui, Gracie. Oh, notre père, qui est, oh, cieux. Oh, I mean, our Father, who is in the heavens. Oh, Sacré-Bleu! The angels! Oh, and say glorious and magnifique, Mosey-Mote-Oil!
4: Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah! More refined than I ever thought even possible, Frenchie! Yeah, uh uh-huh. because, see, I knew that God answered prayer, but to see it right here, right now, like this, We are just some oily, crude characters, Gracie, so why, pray tell are we seeing this? A gift to the body of Christ. As
3: Frenchie Fender always says, it's the church, and our job is to encourage the body to prayer. That looks like firepower to me, and we need it. Let's start praying, team, that we can find a way, the lowly, oily, crude characters that we are, to encourage the church. Jimmy, Pastor Jack, Elvira. Oh yeah, Gracie, and Lazarus, Brad. Nahum and Nettie and Bob and Bonnie. Oh, hanging on tight in prayer, like Jacob's grip. And I know tight tension. After all, I'm Tammy Tensioner.
1: Just then, the demon Shaddam is the first to spot God's warrior angel. Yes,
3: Nagatana-san. Big, big trouble. Oh, oh, would you look at that? Did you think they wouldn't put up a fight? Of course they're here. They're the big guns. But lies are lies. And as long as we have the human's agreements, we
4: are free to the
3: spoil.
4: Lies. (laughs) It's all my fault.
5: And Pastor Jack, my son is beyond hope. My church must never know.
3: Exactly. (laughs) And what is the ultimate treachery against their savior who calls himself the truth? Lies! Lies! Lies!
5: Lies! Lies. Yes! They
1: are stuck in their lives! Tune in next month for the next exciting episode of River Rock Retaliation. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode.
0: (laughs) Randy, these principality demons seem to lie abroad for the rest of the country. (laughs) <laughs>
5: yeah, Daddy. Just like politicians, they get on a merry-go-round and put a spin on everything. It's, it's really more than we can unwind without God's help. And that, that's why studying the Bible helps you see the truth, and prayer helps you hear it from the source. And Elvira... Agent Kent and Pastor Jack's hope is found in the Gospel of John, chapter eight, verses thirty-one and thirty-two. This is what it says: So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, "If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth." will set you free oh <laughs> we do some crazy crazy stuff when we buy the lies danny we're actually enslaving ourselves when we do that
0: oh uh-huh, randy if those lies get in our hearts we can't wait for a defibrillator radiator
5: <laughs> no way because we'd be between a shock and a hard place. (laughs) See, if we were between our lives and our hearts, we're between a rock and a hard place. But I said a shock and a hard place. Oh, boy. (laughs) Say goodbye,
0: Daddy. (laughs) See you later, Radiator. (laughs)
1: Come in on that. That's just too good. <laughs> Put my feet on higher ground. That's what we're talking about. And again, if you listen to uh, Christian Carguy Theater, what amazing gifted actresses and actors! You can go to ChristianCarguy.com and find out about. Oh my! Oh my soul! The 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 talent. Talent! I'm telling you. Well, I, I mean, I'm just amazed. Just and, and especially
2: when I have gone a couple times to the website and look at the. Bio of these?
1: Uh, oh yes. yes, yeah. I mean, the the uh, Jesse Cordy who plays uh, Zemia there. He he was in Beauty and the Beast. He played the original, you know, animated Beauty and the beast he played LeFleu and he played the Black Panther in Zootopia uh and all the courses out of Adventures in Odyssey and she's Nagadonna and and several other characters I'll let you guess who all the characters are in there and Brian Habect who was in I, I think Dennis the Menace 2 who plays Randy Radiator and he plays uh now Nakashi and, and um Vanessa Orr is one of those other demons she's phenomenal I I've just I just am dumbfounded um and and to hear what they did. But it, it speaks to this higher ground thing because you see the car parts are watching all that's going up there in the higher ground. And and in order to get there, it, it, it takes a little experience. Like if you're going to go up on a Jeep trail, high mountain adventure, you are designed for it. You want to go there. Your wife wants to go there with you or your husband wants to go there. You want to go on those adventures. But if you don't exercise those feet <laughs> you, you, you know you don't get a chance to and they were designed for that but it's an interesting thing to me that jesus was all about taking care of his savior's of his disciples feet wasn't he
2: yeah i say what's something At the last, last supper, supper yeah, yeah he cleaned their feet yeah. and he was, what was t- that important yeah, yeah. what's <laughs>
1: there's something about those feet are going to take you in some direction or another and how clean they are may have to do with what you're eating it's an overall view of your health, like a car, like the tires are a view of the health. Your feet are interestingly a view of your alignment, your balance. And, and, and it has a lot to do with what you consume, just like those sheep. We talked about it, that they have 82 feet of intestine. You won't forget that. They also have four <laughs> stomachs. They eat, if you think about a sheep, you know, it, it was designed to eat that grass up in the high mountains, and be able to just that and then, you know, become beautiful like sheep are. But if you get up in the morning and you feast on God's word, <clears throat> I'm going to bet you're like me, that sometimes it takes, like the sheep, it takes three or four days for that food to pass through. I just sit there and chew on a particular passage. And honestly, for me this week, it was that Song of Solomon, you know, chapter 2, Uh, my dove in the clefts of the rocks a secret path I couldn't get that off my mind and I was thinking about how do I get there what what's the what's the deal and it it takes to get to that cleft in the rock and think about all about the cleft in the rock as as I was gnawing on this with my 82 feet of intestine (laughs) (laughs) think about how many people got in the cleft of the rock, right? Moses, you remember him, right? He got to see God's glory passed by him. And then Elijah, right? When did he hear the still small voice? He was in the cleft of the rock. Did you ever think, and I thought about it this week, who else was in the cleft of the rock? Jesus himself was in a cave. Where was David when he escaped from Saul? He was in a cave. Now, in all these cases, I'm just going to point out that none of that happened, and I know this might upset some of you, but none of that happened in a church. None of that happened in the temple, right? That happened up on a high adventure, right? Moses climbed that mountain in order to get up there. Elijah climbed a mountain in order to get up there. You know, David, he he was running from Saul for his life. It was an adventure. He needed those well-exercised feet of a deer, right? You'd think he was just, you know, he understood a lot about that stuff. And and I'm not saying that church is all about feeding. It's all about worshiping. It's all about those other things. But you were designed for high mountain adventure. You, You hear what it says in the song of Solomon, the secret place. He wants to get alone with you. But, I wrote this this morning. I, I, I thought about it. The good shepherd is all about taking care of your feet. As he modeled at the Last Supper, he cares for you deeply. Jesus longs to meet with you in the cleft of the rock. But the balanced traction and alignment necessary will be in your feeding well and following him. To lay down at noon and chew your food daily. <laughs> then when Jesus knows you can handle the steeper path, but you've got to exercise those feet, then he will lead you. To the cleft, to the rock. I promise, and many who are listening know exactly what I am saying. But it's a cool thing, isn't it? Jerry?
2: Absolutely. And when you get to that part, I mean, you know, that's what God wants us. It's that intimacy, and and you know what? As you mentioned, church. You know, church is a great place. We need that church. We need that community. But God wants that intimacy with us, and if it's in a prayer closet, wherever that cave is for you. Man, don't miss the opportunity to have that relationship with our Lord and Savior.
1: It's- yeah, I I I'm all about church. Believe me, I that community is huge to me. And there is a flock of sheep that are all involved in it, but there's nothing like the faith-building experiences that happened, you know, where he came to me. And actually <laughs> at one point in time today, I you know, you may know I, I pray a lot in the morning. And this particular morning I was praying, I asked Jesus what was my word for the day. You know what he said? He said, the mountain, I want you to climb it alone. Because he knows how often I take a lot of people with me. No, I want you to climb it alone. Why does he want me to climb it alone? Now, usually I'm all about being part of a community and all that kind of stuff. But there's times, there's times for intimacy, you know, there's something that he's got for you and you alone. But
2: there's just just a thought of that, man, it's just powerful. I mean, you think about it. The creator of
1: everything. The creator of Of those little hooves. Yeah. That he knew. I mean, I just you know, I just looked at those hooves all week and I was like, <laughs> you
2: know, look at the you genius. You know what, when this show's over, Rob, you can put your shoes back on. He's
1: been sitting there. <laughs> The genius of those tires, right? That he put on a goat or a sheep in order to be able to navigate that place where the panther couldn't get to it, you know, where, you know, he can be up there in that, in that cleft of the rock and, and, in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh,
2: how, how can anybody question God's creation? You think about it. I mean, just down to the hoof of a sheep, what the importance of that is. I mean, just our bodies. I mean, the,
1: if 82 feet of
2: 82 <laughs> feet of intestine, yeah, and four stomachs. It's a good thing I don't have four stomachs. I would really be in trouble.
1: <laughs> I could have used him on Thursday. I could have used, I'm pretty sure I filled at least two and a half. But yeah, I think that there is there is something to all that. There's pictures of stuff that have been taught over the years on what you know what we can do in order to get to that place. But one thing I'm certain of. Adventure. There's a reason why Jeeps have sold, no matter who, sold, who, who had them, right? You, it, some people that couldn't sell any other cars, right? AMC, and, you know, you, you go back. Even Renault had them, and they always sold because people's hearts long for adventure. Absolutely. And so as you are going on your adventure this week, on your way home, coming back from your thanksgiving adventure maybe in the rain we're hoping your tires are well clefted but remember slow down jesus walked everywhere he went got it all done in 33 years we are so grateful aren't we that i mean it's the time to be thankful yeah right?
2: it's certainly i mean you know, this season you know it's all about thanksgiving but what should we really be grateful for Jesus Christ yeah. caring for us loving us and wanting to have that intimate relationship with us
1: and making us clean yep. so that we could have cleft feet <laughs> <laughs> thanks thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy